Welcome to the Ninja Turtle Power Hour. I'm Spencer Toon. I'm Keith McGuffey. I'm Cody Tuckett. <laughs> I'm Mike Dumbleton. Uh, that was funny, Spencer. Too bad that it'll never make the cut. I, man, well, you can't, you can't say that now. Maybe I'll have to cut that out now. <laughs> just keep cutting. Keep cutting. Yeah, just keep cutting. Just keep I just, I just announced the show on on a weird note at the, at the end of everything we we're saying, maybe, maybe I'll leave that in, in the box. Yeah, now you do now. have to leave it in. Yeah. yeah. That was secretly my plan all along. Hey, we're talking about those guys from Fortnite guys. Uh, yeah. I don't know. I, I actually just That's keep the thinking. meme. That's the meme. The kids say, Oh that yes, guy yes. From Fortnite. That guy from Fortnite. We can officially say that now. Yeah. Guys, I, I love comic books. You know, we'll just start this show off on something slightly off topic, but not entirely because we're reading comic books today. But DC for April is doing April Fool's special ape as in like the gorilla kind of ape. (laughs) And they have a story involving all of their monkey characters. And the hero side is teaming up to form the Jungle League. It's it's incredible. (laughs) It's incredible. Who do you like more? Uh, Gorilla Grodd or Ultra Humanite? Uh, probably Gorilla Grodd. Uh, partially because of the Injustice video games, Injustice 2. He's kind of funny as a character. And that tracks. More of a Humanite, My, Ultra Humanite guy. Mostly because of Justice League Unlimited. Out of all of the, the ape characters, my ultimate favorite, Detective Chimp. Easily uh, the coolest character. I like Monsieur Mala myself. Ooh, that's a good one. Yeah. He's a good one. What's but the monkey from Dexter's lab? It's just monkey. Yeah, that's yeah. does dial M for monkey. Yeah. Man, I that is such a good bit on that show. Like, there's one that's literally just like the the issue where Thing fights Gladiator. It's just that, but it's monkey and like a guy doing a bad Roddy 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 Piper impression. It's amazing. <laughs> it's a Justice Friends is that one, right? Yeah, is Dexter? I think so. But but get this though about the, about these comic books. There's going to be a variant cover for this April Fool special that's banana scented. Oof. What? Going to be a banana right. scented cover. Yeah. Somebody just rubs Laffy Taffy's all over it. Until it <laughs> has like bits of Laffy Taffy. Is this like that uh, that Doom Patrol with the the gyro on the cover several years ago? It was like you could, you could peel back the gyro and find something. Probably, yeah, yeah, something like that. Yeah, it's it's like a rub and sniff. I think is what I saw on the on the picture of the cover. Uh, like I said, it's just it's absolutely amazing because DC has like this long history of having a lot of gorilla characters. Because like back in the 60s, they discovered that if you have a gorilla on the cover of your comic, especially if it's doing like something like kind of human or the gorillas don't normally do, the comic book would sell better uh, than, than a normal comic book would. So they could move comics by putting gorillas on them. What was, what was, with, what was America's fascination with gorillas back then? It, it never ended, dude. I'm still fascinated. <laughs> Banana panic. Yellow fever. Mm, uh, maybe not that last one. Okay. <laughs> it's really a numbers game. The more I throw out, 
the the better chance of one being good will be. Who's this one on the cover, the variant cover that has like the banana he's holding? It's like Crisis on Infinite Earths. What monkey is this? Oh, that's Monkey King. So he's like a new character based on, or Monkey Prince, sorry, uh, based on the character from Into the West, and you know, Journey to the West. Also Journey, Journey to, to the West. West. <laughs> yes. Uh, Journey to the West that Goku is based on as well. Um, I, I read the first couple issues. I need to read more of it. I just, it was just behind a, a paywall on the DC app, and then I paid for it and never read the rest of it. <laughs> But he pretty much just gets the powers of this monkey prince. So whenever he's like in his monkey prince form, he's like a kid. Whenever he's in his monkey prince form, he's immortal and, and can't so, die. So it's Shazam, but a monkey. Uh, kind of, but it's not like he has like the Oops. powers of these gods and stuff with him. And it's, it's the, whole I mean, he's the monkey king boy. is a god, basically. Yeah, yeah. No, he he is basically kind of a god. So yeah, in a way it is, yeah. He like run up the side of the screen and make his staff really big, like Son Son from Mar- Marvel vs. Capcom too. Probably, I I don't know. They haven't really thrown me in games yet. He he had a limited series. Like I said, I haven't read all of it, but the first two issues were fun. Uh, I don't know. They had to tie him into Batman to try and get people to read the book at the very beginning, so he's <laughs> in Gotham and and there you know he ends up going to high school, and of course Damien goes to the same high school as him. Uh, and and then you know Batman comes in because people are terrified of this monkey creature terrorizing the school that you know he's not intentionally terrorizing anyway. Whole misunderstanding. I just can't get over Keith's Marvel versus Capcom two reference. That really took me for a ride. Ooh. Yeah, okay. <laughs> I like hate it because I love it so much. <laughs> Gonna take you for a ride. Yeah. Love that game. I love the soundtrack for that game. It's so good. Yeah. But uh, anyway. It's an ape plus. <laughs> yeah. Nice. Spencer, what are we talking about tonight? tonight? Uh, wait, no, I'm not done laughing at myself. Ah, oh, okay. Okay. Okay, right, okay, okay, okay. So tonight we're talking about more comic books. So we read Tales of Leonardo Blind Sight and its accompanying Tales of the TMNT issue. Tales of the TMNT number five, Blind Faith. Tales of the TMNT volume two, number five, to be exact, because... There are two volumes of Tales of the TMNT. So this I is mean, this is technically the first of the miniseries, right? Yes. That released? Yes. Yeah, it's like it's the big like the, the Tales of the TMNT number five introduces the idea. It's like a prequel. Mm. And then Tales of Leonardo Blindside is like the sequel. And I believe this was actually the first one of all yeah. of the Ninja yeah, that, that, that's what I'm asking. Like, oh, so, yeah, this, yeah. so this one, this one was the first one. Then it was like Raph, Bad Moon Rising, and then uh, Brain Thief and Michelangelo. Uh, Michelangelo, yeah. then Brain Thief. So, yeah. okay. So, because I, because Raph, Mike Don. Because I feel like, um, because it's kind of like a, kind of like a calling a movie like a Star Wars story. Like, they only, like, that was like a subtitle that they kind of dropped. Uh, cause this has the sub or this has the extra title of tales of Leonardo and, but none of the others do. It's not tales of Donatello brain thief. Yeah. So I just, I just found that interesting. Yeah, no. And, uh, and, and I think that is because like this builds off of, uh, the tales issue, tales of the TMNT issue. So, yeah, no, definitely. But yeah. So like, 
I, I was originally trying to cover these in like a way that would be chronological in universe. Uh, I should have ended oh. with Michelangelo's instead of Leonardo's. So I should have done Leonardo, then Michelangelo. But you know, uh, at the end of the well, point, I mean, I, not to bury the lead, but I think you saved the best for last. Uh, yeah, I agree. Yeah, I agree. So, without further ado, Cody, you get to do. Oh, let me tell you, you should never, I told you, you should never do this to me. Let me tell you a story. We start off with Blind Faith. This issue, Story in Pencils by Jim Lawson, Inks and Letters by Peter Laird, The Frontispiece by Michael Dooney. This issue came out September 2004. We start off with Leonardo holding a crying three-year-old shadow. He tells us a tale. He's out in the city, and the last thing he saw was a cloud of Tetsubishi, and he goes down like a ton of bricks. He'd been drugged by the caltrops piercing his skin. While he can sense and hear everything around him, he is now blind as his attacker stands there waiting. His enemy makes his move as Leonardo concentrates his emotions. They fight it out silently. A homeless man is caught in the fray. They take it to the rooftops. After more battle, the attacker asks if Leonardo remembers him. Leonardo lies and says he does. He tells Leonardo that he blinded him in a past fight, gifting him a sight beyond seeing, but the Foot Clan demoted him to a weapons polisher. The secret is to achieve nothingness and thus become everything. They fight some more. Leonardo stabs him in the heart and kills him. Whoops, turns out Leonardo murdered a homeless man. Leonardo still has no idea who his attacker was. On to the next issue. Uh, the next issue was my issue. Tells of Leonardo, number one. So this issue released in June of 2006. Um, all of it's by Jim Lawson, except for the letters, which are by Eric Swanson. So Leo and Mikey are up on the roof talking, and Leo is completely broken and still blind. Don is looking for a cure to his blindness, but things aren't looking good. He tells Mikey to go ahead and leave him alone. He's not good company right now. Mikey leaves, and this leaves Leo by himself. Leo finds some sort of radio tower on top of the roof and begins climbing it. After scaling high up the tower, he draws his swords, then raises them up and lets out a primal yell. The beam below him snaps and, fall and he falls to his death, landing on his sword. His corpse is found and recovered by the police. It doesn't take long for the authorities to deduce that there must be more turtles, as well as their location, after examining Leo. They send a SWAT team into the sewers. The team shoots up Raph and captures the rest of the family. Raph lets out some last words in a final breath. Leo, if only you'd been here, this wouldn't have happened. We cut back to Leo on top of the tower. The whole scenario was something he had played out in his mind. He drops his swords and stands pensively high over the city streets. To be continued. To be continued right now in Tales of Leo Blind Sight number two. This is from July 2006 by Jim Lawson with letters by Eric Swanson. So Leo is meditating and hearing his brothers in the other room talk about the current situation. Donatello is trying to find an antidote, but since they can't find the foot soldier who attacked them, they don't know what kind of poison to treat. The turtles talk about asking Karai for help finding this rogue foot soldier, but they don't want to reveal that Leo is hurt because she can't be completely trusted, even though they have that tenuous truce. Leo senses Splinter's strange aura as he enters the room, and asks his son to accompany him to Northampton. He says the change of scenery will do Leonardo good. At the farmhouse, Splinter asks Casey to take their belongings inside while Leo and Splinter go for a walk in the woods. 
Leo is getting frustrated because his blindness means that he, he keeps stubbing his toes on rocks. They stop for a quick bite of apples and cheese before climbing a small hill. At the top, Splinter asks Leo to hold his walking stick, then punches him off the hill. Leo lands in a stream and claims he knew this whole thing was a trick the entire time, and now he has to find his way home all alone. He struggles and starts thinking about what he's been fighting for, for all these years, and what if he just has no reason to ever get out of these woods and go home. Leo then hears a twig snap and is greeted by some sort of forest demigod thing. It tells Leo to bow to him like all the other creatures of, of the forest do, and Leo does bow. The creature says that Leo doesn't belong in the world of man, but should belong to him instead. Leo disagrees and attacks, and the creature claims he's already won. He snaps Splinter's walking stick in two, and Leo fights the creature. Uh, Leo's world then starts to change, and suddenly he's back on the roof fighting that foot soldier that blinded him. The foot soldier claims that the toxin took away Leo's eyesight, but the real poison has always been there in his mind. Leo finally gets the upper hand and chops the foot soldier in half. Leo then wakes up, having been pinned under a cut-down tree. He notes it seems like there's been like the tree has been cut by a sword, but he doesn't understand how that's possible since he only had a walking stick. Splinter is nearby and says that he wasn't strong enough to move the tree off of Leo, but that it looks like a great battle has taken place here. Leo says he's ready to go home, and, ex and then Splinter escorts him out of the forest. To be continued. To be continued here in my issue, August 2006 was the original release date. Everything by Jim, except letters Eric Swanson. Indoors, Splinter summons Leonardo. Splinter believes his son's blindness is more than just a physical condition, but comes from some obscure source inside his mind. He hands his son a cup of tea, a special concoction he calls Infinity. Leo asks if the tea contains drugs, but Splinter says that the tea represents a doorway into the depths of the mind. When Leo sips the tea, he senses a change in his surroundings. More than that, he can see again. But he is clearly not where he just was, and Splinter, the room, and the tea are nowhere in sight. His eyes take him to the beauty of the countryside surrounding him, and he notices the context. He's a samurai on horseback, apparently in feudal Japan. Leo at first wonders why he is in this place and in this situation, but then decides to let it go and accept it as it is. Leo spots a man hiding in the tall grass nearby, moving in his direction. He sees the man who appears to be unarmed and dressed in humble, worn clothing and appears to be hiding from someone else in the opposite direction. Leo hears the yells of another horse-mounted samurai converging on this man's location, intending to kill him. Leo has no idea what his own role is in this situation. Leo slowly trots his horse cross-country to an unfamiliar feudal village. Peasants leave bowls of rice as offerings as Leo's horse passes by them. But it appears to Leo that they are humans, and they can see that he is not human, and wonders why they're not afraid. Leo's horse stops in front of a house and two women greet him, a young woman named Yumi, along with her mother. Yumi's mother commands her daughter to tend to the turtle's horse. Yumi welcomes Leonardo home, addressing him as father, and asks to take his horse. Leo consents, though he clearly finds this entire situation very strange. Yumi's mother addresses Leonardo as husband and invites him in size to a bath that she's drawn for him. Leonardo silently expects the older woman to begin screaming, but she remains calm as she sees his appearance. Inside the house, the older woman begins helping the turtle out of his samurai armor but demands he must immediately put away his swords, not wanting them lying around the house. 
Leonardo sees an appropriate-looking chest and stores his twin katana inside. The woman observes how quiet her husband is, hoping to not have offended him. But Leo is unoffended. She asks the turtle what is troubling him, and Leo asks her if she does not find his appearance frightening. She calmly tells her husband that he is as he has always been. Leonardo and his wife lie in their shared bed, Leo thinking to himself that this is all just part of the vision. Leo awakens in a startle as his wife announces that his swords have been stolen, but Leo dismisses it, now content that his swords are gone. He reassures his wife and Yumi that they are just swords. But the turtle is summoned by his daimyo. To be concluded. The story concludes right now in issue four. Story and art by Jim Lawson, lettering by Eric Swanson. This issue came out September 2006. Leonardo is walking into the daimyo's audience chamber. The daimyo has learned Leonardo's swords have been stolen. Since Leonardo serves him, it's as if the daimyo's own swords have been stolen. He's very angry. The daimyo cannot allow Leonardo's insolence and exiles him. If Leo ever returns, his wife and child will be executed. Leo leaves the village and strips down naked. He realizes it's just a vision and he has to figure out what it's meant to show him. He runs into the homeless man in the woods and then a ninja leaps out and attacks him. Leo, a killing machine, warns himself not to lose control. Good thing he didn't kill the ninja as it turns out to be his daughter, Yumi. She was curious what it would be like to fight Dad. She was sent there to kill him. She warns him other assassins may have been sent too. He tells Yumi to get home without being seen. Before she leaves, she asks how he knew she was laying in wait for him. He tells her the homeless man warned him. But father, there was nobody there. Leonardo goes and confronts the daimyo. He tells Leo that the rumor he tells Leo that rumor is he's the son of a kappa and was cast out of his father's house. Kubira, the rat, took him in and raised him to be the best swordsman in all of Japan. To repair his charity, Leo would have to return and kill his father, and Kubira would be free to take the riches he'd collected over the ages. Kubira's last gift was a pair of magic swords to kill with. However, Leo couldn't bring himself to do it. Kubira was so angry he banished Leo to Earth, cursed to live among mortal men. Turns out the daimyo has Leo's magic swords. The daimyo shows Leo how the swords contain a fury and it makes leaves kill themselves. Leo and the daimyo then fight over the swords. Eventually they knock over a brazier and start a fire. The homeless man is there to help Leo escape. The homeless man reveals how the foot ninja actually killed him and made Leo think that he did it. Leo then wakes up from his drug trip and can see again. Splinter's glad to know the power of drugs worked again. The end. Yeah, not to bear the leap. Pretty pretty solid series of issues. Yeah. Much better than Bad Moon Rising. <laughs> for sure. I think Bad Moon Rising was the weakest of all. Yeah. Yeah. Just I because it me... like its its story wasn't as coherent. Like all the the rest of the three, like their stories like follow like a natural, understandable progression and they kind of make sense. Bad Moon Rising just feels kind of like slap together and then like super anticlimactic. Yeah. Cool. Should we get into it? Yeah, let's talk about things in the second time around. Hey, uh, nice junk. Well, let's start with when does this specifically take place? See, that's a good question. Um, this actually <laughs> might be the one that takes place the earliest, I guess, because it does mention Karai being in the foot at this point um, and, and being there in New York. Relationships are still tenuous with her. Uh, but the, the issue, the issue that comes with that is that right after city at war, Donatello and Splinter stay in, they stay the in Northampton. Yeah. While everyone else goes back to, 
um, goes back to New York. And then not only that, but Michelangelo lives in Casey and April's basement. You know, Leo kind of ends up finding his own place during volume two in the sewers. So how they're all back together again after that, I don't know. Like maybe Leo got blind and then they all just went and visited him and, and showed up in New York, you know, I, I don't know. To, to help him out. I like, think it's somewhere like after volume two, but maybe before volume four. Yeah. I don't really know. They'd all have to, I guess, move into to Leo's sewer area that he found to live by himself, and now the whole family just lives there again together. Yeah. <laughs> they just move in with Leo. I think it's kind of the weirdest thing is that, like, the the sewer layer is always kind of poorly defined. Like, it it just, we don't really, like, we don't need to know where in New York it is, but it's like the layout doesn't ever see this seem the same. Yeah, and like whenever they need it, like suddenly Donnie has his own, almost his own little sewer section. I mean, like there's that staircase in the middle, you know, that that is in this issue that really kind of wasn't in another one. Like, it, it, I don't know. So it's like, what layered does this take place and like you said like it could be in leo's it could be the original one i guess it must in be volume, leo's yeah well i think in volume two it does have at least on a tello comeback from northampton like looking thinking back on it because there's all like the, the I, I mean i can excuse because like splinter says going. like oh casey's gonna take us out to northampton so it's like maybe splinter's just kind of going back and forth you know yeah that's true that's, maybe yeah that's definitely what it seems like to me. I was going to say, he also seems to have a room at the lair later, later in the series. Like the last picture is like his room in the lair. So maybe, maybe he does have like a, you know, a summer home in the lair. Maybe that's the answer here. <laughs> He's got a summer home in the city instead of in the country. <laughs> right. Exactly. <laughs> uh, some like, I don't know, cool kind of fun facts about, I guess, ancient Japanese weapons and things like that that we learned from this uh, is, Tetsubishi. So those are iron versions of Makibishi, which were like made from like wood and thorns. And the English word for that is pretty much just caltrops. So just spikies that you throw out on the ground. You know, little <laughs> spikies. <laughs> you know, little, little yeah. spiky spikes that you throw on the ground for people to step on and get hurt by, uh, things like that to slow them down. Or just take a full on cloud of if you're Leo. Just Yeah. Yeah, with those ones are poison tipped so that Leo can go blind and I guess get a little get a little uh, hopped up on drugs or something because it seems like that was <laughs> happening as well. Yeah. A lot of drug use in this series. Yeah, <laughs> it's very well, so, psychedelic. Yeah. So cr- crazy thing is, is I remember when I was it was right after Turtles Forever had come out. So I, I learned that the original comics existed and that they were more serious. And I remember talking with another kid about it. And he told me how the original, like for me, I thought this was like playground talk. I had to have been about sixth grade at this time, um, which in in the school district I was in was still elementary school. Uh, and so, and I remember him telling me that, oh yeah, like the the turtles comics, like my something about his bro- older brother having one, and something about like a turtle. I remember him saying like, yeah, the turtle like one like gets high and, and ends up killing people, and it's like, what do I like? What am I doing or something like that? And I now realized 
that that was probably <laughs> tales of Leonardo Blindside. That's probably the story that he was talking about. You know, <laughs> granted, awesome. it's really cool because we were and like eleven. They, we were like eleven or twelve, and so like getting high and tripping is the same thing. Uh, yeah, the <laughs> yeah. So it's like, yeah, he he ends up tripping and ends up having a vision where he's chopping off dudes' heads, and it's like I can't stop myself. And I was like, oh wow, this is probably what that kid was talking about. <laughs> that is fun. That's a fun little like yeah. bridging time back together. Because uh, I remember hearing it as a kid and being like, whoa, like because I'd found the I'd found the Mirage comics online and and things like that and i and i'd read them and i remember like seeing Raphael mentioning like getting him a beer and seeing that they drank but i'd never seen anything like them getting high and killing people and so i was like i don't know if that actually happened <laughs> in this one michelangelo wants a beer like yeah for us to take leo back for a beer yeah yeah um and i'm assuming that the tea that uh splinter has is the same tea that hansel had in zoolander Given to the power of the tea. That's, that's canon. That's canon. Yeah. He's so hot right now. Heath, you had a you had a good idea who the foot soul who the who the ninja that uh attacks Leo is. Yeah, so in issue sixty of volume one, there's a part where like Leo leaps over a foot soldier and like slashes his face. And we see it from like the back of the foot soldier, so it's not clear if like he cut his head off or just like slash his face really hard. I think that might be who this guy is because it looks like a strike that would take your eyes out but might not necessarily kill you. What a, um, that's a real jerk move. That's yeah. <laughs> I, I don't know why Karai would keep him around since like those were the people that were trying to kill, but maybe the the disgrace of being a weapons polisher was more than yeah, just I mean, murdering him. So Weapons don't polish themselves, Keith. True, yeah. Just the realities of ninjutsu. And That's plus, the closest I, mean, we I don't, can find. If if anyone we knows don't know how, of a different how, one. We don't know how good the foot recruiting department is. So True. Yeah. But yeah, I just when you when you pointed that out, I was like, that makes perfect sense. Because I mean, when he when he described it, I figured he was from like City at War. Mm-hmm. But then like you like nailed uh the best possible person that could be. So I was like, oh, nice. Well, also, this issue, the, the Tales of the TMNT number five, if you watched Batman versus TMNT, at the end credits, they scroll through all these comic books that are like edited to be a mashup of Batman and Ninja Turtles. Mm-hmm. And the Turtle side, they only use like volume one issues and then all of the Turtle micro series comics. But they also use this issue. This is like the only one published after 1990 that they use in that sequence, which is kind of cool. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like a Batman-esque kind of journey of the whole like blindness and yeah. learning like better combat and like oneness with yourself. That is very Batman. Yeah. True. Another thing that I kind of like, I don't know, talking about as we, as we keep going through these issues, cause you always, I don't know, in a lot of the online discourse surrounding <laughs> the Mirage turtles it, it, or like making like an accurate movie about them or things like that. Like, they always make the turtles out as like super murder happy uh in i feel like a lot in in mirage and so like once i don't know so i I always talk about their their code of killing that we kind of see in here like when do they kill when do they not and we can see that leo does not enjoy killing in this uh you know he even tries to avoid it even when he's being attacked by a bunch of samurai 
uh, and his body's just like taking control of itself because he's in a vision and he's killing them. He's like, I don't want to be killing these guys. I don't know what this situation is. I, I don't know if I, if this is okay, you know, kind of thing. So yeah. once again, showing that these turtles are not these murder crazed, like, Oh, and anyone that gets anywhere near me with anything, I'm going to chop off their head. <laughs> like, yeah. Like that was, that was going to be something in my love of being a turtle. Um, because like, that's part of the, that's part of like the tone of these books. And I was, when I was reading this, I was like, it, this, this really like, it, it really goes back to like just Mirage being very melancholy, very like it's very character driven mm-hmm. in a way that like, I was, I almost feel like IDW kind of isn't like, I think this is, this is kind of the book that made me want to go back and read volume volume one. Like I, I think Mirage is finally clicking for me, Spencer. Yeah. Like, well, that's the thing is like, it's yes, it can be silly and wacky up crazy stories, but there's moments where like it actually asks deep questions and kind of sits in this melancholy area, uh, you know, about the turtles and their lives. Because if you think about it, like their lives are kind of sad. They're these unaccepted rejects of society that live in the sewers, but also they were, raised to kill a man uh and you know and so like that's like what city at war is like all about is that they don't even know what their place in in the world is anymore like they've killed the shredder he's gone what do we do with ourselves you know like the person that they were they were raised to kill like what what's my purpose now um it's kind of it's kind of funny because this is also like the most fatherly that mirage splinter kind of has ever been yeah, he he gets more fatherly with time. Like after volume one, I feel like he gets more and more fatherly. Uh, whether that's just because of things in the movies and like the the theme of family becoming like a deeper part of the turtles, and them deciding to focus on that, or whether it's just because they haven't given him enough time yet. But I think it's one of those things that just kind of was evolving yeah. with. Well, I can't wait to see how he evolves in volume four. Yeah, I, I think. I think I, I think he's the villain of the story. Splinter is, kinda, yeah. Cause he, I'm pretty sure he was the thing in the forest that that uh, Leo was fighting. I'm pretty sure he drugged him in the forest too. Cause he's like, here, eat these <laughs> apples and these cheese, and then like immediately, <laughs> he starts hallucinating. He wakes up, he's under a tree that's fallen over, and Splinter's just there, and he's like, oh, I. You know, I was too uh, too weak to move the tree off of you. It's like, well, you Splinter, probably pinned Splinter him was watching him the whole time. Yeah, I think he was messing with his head. And then I think like parts three and four, he was messing with his head, too, because it ends with like uh, Leo saying, you know, the the rat Zodiac God. I saw him. Maybe he's an ancestor of you or something. And Splinter's like, oh, yeah, he thanks you for bringing back his swords. And it's like he's not talking about the swords. He's talking about Leo. Like he's still got Leo under his thumb. That's that's how I read this a little bit. I think Splinter's actually like really tipping the scale here to ge- to keep Leo near him and killing for him. <laughs> Jesus, yeah, I like where your head. I like much where your darker, head's yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but that that I think it's the other kind of cool thing about Mirage and a lot of its wordless storytelling and telling the story with the art. I mean, we're kind of getting into like complimenting, and I love being a turtle yeah. stuff here, but. It, it's like a lot of the wordless storytelling and, and telling the story with the art, all that stuff kind of, it leaves things open for interpretation a bit more. 
you know, and it kind of makes you think a little bit more and as I guess feels slightly more, you know, heady uh, in a way. Especially, like I said, it, the the original Ninja Turtles comics, because of the freedom of being an indie title, uh, is able to just do all sorts of things from pulpy ridiculousness to pensive, you know, heady, open to interpretation stories that are melancholy. It, it just is so broad that that it's really a lot of fun to read. I think that's all I have for a second time around. Yeah. My, my only um, other fun fact is a thing that I learned is a shobu means a game or a match, which also means a duel in the context of the story in Blind Faith. Yeah, it's just an interesting thing. <laughs> but that's it. All right. I think it's time to put some anchovies on this pizza because I got a few. Oh, all right. <laughs> Ooh. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. No anchovies. You put anchovies on this thing and you're in big trouble, okay? I can't let you know. What a, one question I've had a, for a long time about the, the tails issue is like, was the homeless guy that was on the ground the same one on the roof that he killed? Or were those two different homeless guys? I've never quite figured out how the guy got from the ground to the roof, but I don't know. I just My, imagined it was all the same homeless guy. Yeah, it it also might just be left for interpretation. You know, maybe Leo believed yeah. it was, but you know, the the ninja went and got a different homeless man, <laughs> or he, yeah. he had him stowed up there. For, he's for he's got them all around. Yeah. Well, see, I don't like the like the conclusion that Leo comes to that like I was tricked into stabbing something that was already dead because I didn't hear his breath slowing down. Um, mm-hmm. but he does say when he kills him back in Tales that he hears his heart slowing down, which is like, yeah, you know that. And that's part of the reason I think that maybe like Splinter's manipulating him while he's in this drug trip. Um, Cause it's just like him trying to lie to himself to come up with this idea that, Oh, I was tricked so bad that I'm not at fault of anything, you know? Yeah. <laughs> I don't, it's, it's I don't quite little... like that ending, but I like the ending where it's like, well, someone's pushing the scale to get you to that conclusion, you know? Yeah. Like it's a little like Splinter is trying to, force him to come to this realization that he didn't do this because it's like, he's not useful to splinter at the moment. Yeah. Like the other, that, the that, other thing that makes me think that is they, they talk about splinters, a weird aura. I, I thought that was a weird inclusion to not. It doesn't, it, it doesn't there's a lot of, now. so that that's, that's part of my, my problem with this is that like, there's a lot of setup for like little things, but none of it pays off. Like the 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 splinter aura thing, um, which like I guess you could kind of say that like he because because splinter has that weird line at the end where he's like Kabira thanks you for returning his swords and it's like okay like are you are you a reincarnation of Kubira like because yeah. It, 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 I think if you read too far into it, like I did, you'll come to the same conclusion. It's just, it's just, it feels weird. And then like the whole, like the whole like forest spirit in issue two, 
like, you know, that, that was on the cover. Uh, so it's like, you expect this to kind of like build up to be a thing. And then it just kind of goes nowhere. And then, and then he's off in feudal Japan and it's like, okay, so it's, it's, we're on this drug trip where he's, you know, hallucinating and meeting fake creatures in the forest. And then now he's in feudal Japan. And it's like, it, it, it's like, he's, it's, it's, it's like two different visions and splinters just trying to figure out which one is the better one for him. Mm-hmm. And it just, it feels like it should be connected, but it does, but they're just so different from each other that it just it doesn't feel it just feels like two different ideas were put in here yeah, and so that. it's like i almost wanted the vision in japan to maybe last like i i would have maybe had to go three issues I, I probably would have dropped the the forest creature the for the forest spirit and then just have him be in japan for three issues yeah one thing these like kind of all four of these comics except for donatello really um but the rest the rest of them they do suffer a little bit from just kind of like throwing too much into the kitchen sink at times because mm. they just have almost a little too much freedom yeah where they could just dial it back and then the raf issues were the the worst example of that but Cause I f- yeah because i feel like there's not <laughs> like like because this is all kind of in-house and mirage like like you're right like they're all kind of free to do what they want like who who is editing this you know like there was Uh, there's no murphy or dan burger because i think they're the two editors on these titles yeah and so and so it's like everybody's friends (laughs) yeah yeah exactly you know it's it's kind of like the george lucas thing like you know no one told him no for the prequels and so he just kind of did whatever he wanted yeah, it says editor, creative consultant Peter Laird, managing editor Murphy. Which, like, you know, and I was just talking about how much I like I I'm getting Mirage and like I like this stuff, but it just it just feels a little it just feels a little weird because like it, there's nobody to kind of rein in and hone these ideas into finer point because like it's yeah, interesting cause... stuff. It just it's a lot of you know what Spencer complains about with Sophie. It's like it's a lot of setup and no payoff. Mm-hmm. you know it's weird too, and, like the the first issue is like like you see how big leo's ego is that he's like if i was gone everyone else would topple like yeah cards like like raft dies immediately mike splinter <laughs> and donatello do nothing um and they all lament that i'm not there and then the second one is him realizing like he's never actually been in that much control of his life maybe yeah and the third like, one is him like his he's back to his ego so big that like oh i was just tricked i'm my my character's still clean you know yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. and it's it's like he he doesn't really go through like he goes through this journey but he doesn't learn anything from it mm-hmm. it, it feels like yeah. uh because he's well, almost he the, he's he, almost the same thing at the end i mean he he learns that he's he's not his swords right like like they're a part of him but that's not his defining but like, character but i didn't he's, feel like he's splinter swords yeah he's splinter sword basically <laughs> yeah. but, that, but yeah. that was but i didn't feel i didn't get the thing that he felt that he was a just a weapon until issue three mm-hmm. yeah where he's just like literally just like slicing dice and dudes in well, half it, it starts in issue one when he says that like you know he asks like what am i without my swords when he's talking with michelangelo like if i'm if i'm not a warrior you know if i'm not a warrior yeah. what am i yeah, he does have. Uh, I don't think that question. The the loss of connection is an issue too, where he, he doesn't have his swords at all. 
and yeah i think that i think that might be where where i lost lost it it was because like issue two is the weakest one um yeah like random woods weirdo which i mean which is which is cool like what it's the weakest one in this overall story but it's also like really good like because i'm going to talk about it in the next section like the art really does a lot to sell in the first three issues yeah um and it's that i I guess that's like why it's so disappointing is because like two just feels so disconnected from everything and because nothing picks up from two really it just feels like we didn't need it and it slowed the pace down of everything and it it, that made me forget that leo already talked about being you know just his swords in the first two issues so and when I say the second issue, I mean the second issue of uh blind sight, <laughs> not mm. like not the second issue that we covered, which would be the first issue of blind sight. <laughs> some real freaking some real comic book name. It's like, this, this is some real this is this is some real the, the first one TMT volume four yeah. volume two. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. my anchovy, by the way. Like uh I'll I'll never Especially in this case, I don't know who at IDW thought it would be cool to do. <laughs> like, this is Tales of the Team of T Volume Four, which collects Tales of the Team of T Volume Two. I mean, because right, you you almost that. read uh, Complete Carnage and Radical, right? Yeah, because it's like I was like Tales of the Team of T Volume Two. Oh, it's collected issue five. Let's go. And then I was like, wait a minute, this doesn't make any. Sense. I always worry about that when trying to recommend things to people who are who are just starting out and are just wanting to read the Mirage stuff. Like, uh, it, yeah, it, it's it's unnecessarily complicated. I do think that either comic book nomenclature needs to change and we say, like, book two or book three for when you restart, you know, numbering on a new title, when you when you start a new series under the same title, a new book. For sure. Uh, either that or we need to start calling the volumes of, like, collected editions of books book one book two book three one needs to be called book the other one needs to be called volume it would make everything easier we like book volume uh chapter episode like we need way more words (laughs) than what we have you know well that's why i love like compendiums where they're like look okay this is this is all of it i mean all of it that we can get at the moment blah 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 but this is all of it put in order you know that's it's like give me those i'll pay you hundreds of dollars just give me (laughs) i don't think the mirage part is too complicated but like when idw started reprinting it like they just did a a terrible job frankly like like the number of reprints and where things are it doesn't make a lot of sense to me yeah yeah the more you dig into it you're lost in amazon text it's a bit of a struggle it's a bit of a struggle but yeah Um, the compendium is definitely a more complete way that i guess it I mean, you're, people are still going to be confused and asking questions because the guest era of Ninja Turtles is a confusing, weird period of Ninja Turtles. Ever. Uh, especially if you're like reading along and you're like, what the heck? Why are they suddenly like, what is, what is Bat-Rat? Like, wh- what's going on here? <laughs> you know, uh, this is nothing like what I was just reading. The Fanny Wacker, that's what I was thinking of, not Bat-Rat. Even that, like mm. the guest era stories will start and stop and get picked up later. Like there's very few stories that are like three issues in a row of all the same artist writer yeah. and stuff. So uh, like, like spaced out, but... you know, suddenly you're reading spaced out or, uh, the other head and McWeeny issue, uh, or souls winter anxiety. 
Yeah. Yeah. Or yeah, if you include Souls Winter in that, that's even more confusing. I wonder uh, if they will. Compendium two so far goes to um issue thirty seven and then Tales of Team T six and seven. Well it does it go to issue thirty seven but skip thirty you know, thirty one and definitely skips the river. Well it goes thirty one through thirty seven in the last block of issues. It goes 15 to 23, 27 to 29. Oh, then, then it sounds like it includes Soul's Winter. Uh, Man. I, 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 I could, don't know. I have. I could check through. It's also, there's a coupon. This is sidetracked, but there's a coupon. It's 101.63, $20 coupon. So it's like 80 bucks. Wow. That's pretty good. But I don't know. I, I think if they should have like some sort of forward note or something like that that gives like different reading orders as a suggestion you know, that would be so cool just like, like even if you have to do like just like a printable slip like go on our website and like print out this reading order anything just yeah where like it's some true. dude they could pay you to do it just compiles like here's a reading order here, here here's is the, the peter need. well i mean there is a there there's like two reading orders on turtlepedia there's one on I mean, team and t entity as well yeah after suffering through uh, next mutation. Can we trust Turtlepedia ever again? <laughs> yeah, I mean, th- like you can find those reading orders, but I just wish that, like, as like an official part in the book, they can be like, here's a reading order for every, like, here's a here's a list of everything that was Mirage Canon. Yeah, read these issues, and if you want, I don't know, like, like if you're reading this for well, the first I mean, time, because I think and they could do like a choose your own adventure at the bottom, like go to this page for the next <laughs> one. I think that's part of the problem is the, uh, is, is because like Peter for years, it, like it, it was so kind of loosely defined. What was Mirage Canon? Cause like even Spencer, like when we started this show, like you added stuff that Peter didn't. Yeah, so I, I did so, that because I figured it could fit into continuity. I tried to, mm-hmm. I don't know, from what I could remember. Uh, from so what so, I so read, that's what I'm saying is like, it's so it's so continuity. loosely defined and has been loosely de- defined for years that it's yeah, like, it's, it's, it's kind of. It's pretty well, defined. The only the only if and or but part is the river story arc. Uh, so Peter right, Laird but, said but, everything written by an in-house Mirage person. Is but you get what I but you get what I mean. Like we've already deviated from that. Yeah. So I mean, so that's I what I'm saying. It's like ta- the the Mirage Canon is kind of what you think will fit in it, basically, mm-hmm. because cool. it because that's just how it it it's never been like laid out in stone. Like these are the these are the canon issues because Peter said one thing and then he you know he backtracks and kind of goes all over the place. Well, not, so, not really. So, because the only thing he really said is what was written is canon. Then, but you get fan, what I, but you get but what I fan, mean, though. Like I did, yeah. I mean, kind he, of, but not really. Uh, a fan asked, but, but, him, I mean, but just the just the fact that we're having this argument is is what I'm saying is like that's that's hard to define for average readers. Yeah. Yes, yeah, like, he said that everything have by what... Eastman and, and Laird was canon, but in doing that, it also referenced like the river, which was yeah. not canon then. Yeah. yeah. So we don't yeah. have we don't have a definitive one definitive thing to point to is is my point that I'm trying to get to. Like I mean, we we but we do like this we don't, is... but we don't because it's it doesn't exist. It, it Just read does. everything written by Eastman and Laird. Yes, read everything okay, written but by then Eastman you, but and Laird then you... or by a Mirage art like writer <laughs> and artist. Mm-hmm. And then, so. and then you have a canon. 
pretty much the only thing that happened is, is in the Sons of the Silent Age story, it does reference that the river happened, which was not written by an in-house Mirage person. However, Rick Veach seemed to care about the Mirage continuity and what was going on in those books and tried to make it fit inside but those you stories. See, we're already we're already deviating again. So the, well, that's what I mean. That's what I mean. Like it's, but that's the only instance where, it, where that is, exists, and that's but, it. But that's, but that's what Stop. I'm saying. But that's not. But that's not part of the set in stone thing. I mean, you can just so, omit it, though. No, but but right. Stuff. I know we can admit it, uh, omit it. What I'm saying is that like you can't. That that's what makes it so hard to say like this is the definitive thing because we can admit it, we can add it because it it's referenced, but they can't legally include it. But so it's the, like, yeah. so that's that's what I'm trying to get at. Like it's it's hard to create this definitive thing because it does include stuff that Peter said doesn't exist. It does exist. So but, but that, only that's in that one instance. That's it. It ends there. I do think it would be nice if they would, well, when they're doing these compendiums, they would publish like 31, 35, and 36. So you would have all of Souls Winter together. You could just get through that. Be done yeah, with that's, it. that's the other thing that I would like in those compendiums. I, honestly, in my opinion, they should have printed the Mirage Canon and then on the end tacked on the rest of the guest era. We'll tack on the guest era because that's, yeah. that's the part that is. Yeah, like that would have been an ideal way to sort it. Yeah. Uh, but they did not do it that way. Anyway because you have the issues you have fans that read the ultimate collection and then they're like, what are all these missing issues? Why is it missing so many issues? And then it's like, well, they don't really matter. It's difficult. Cause it's like, it's even when someone explains that to you, it still feels like you're missing out on something. Cause it's yeah. hard for your brain to be like, why did they write them then? Like, how do you, yeah. what are they doing? Back? Yeah. Cause this is like the original, like these is the OG stuff. So like, yeah, like how are you telling it, me you skipped 20 issues and it's fine? <laughs> yeah. Like, cause, because we're making why, a cartoon at the time, right? <laughs> like when we, like when yeah. people ask about like, you know, Canon Mirage volume one, you know, there's 60 issues, but only, you know, 25, 30 of them are actually Canon, you know, it's it, that that's, what's like hard to explain to people and i'm sure like everybody listening to this part of the conversation is like what the hell are they guys are these guys talking about go yeah. back and listen to us review volume one yeah <laughs> put us on discord we'll, we'll tell you I, all about it yeah, yeah this is, i i have a tiktok about the guest era now i have the the episode zero of the podcast to help people get into the comic books that covers a bit of this it's so. such a like because like i it took me forever to figure out everything and so it's like I have this information that I want to give the the new reader who feels overwhelmed or confused so they can just know and go into it and just yeah, enjoy the Yeah, if this conversation us, overwhelmed yeah. you, yeah. you know, maybe you should redo that that episode zero because maybe we can do an update uh, since, there, mean, since there's new, you know, since the compendium came out. That's true. Yeah, I, I might do that. Uh, there are anyway. also like a bunch of Tales issues that may or may not fit into continuity. See, so that, not, that, see, see. But the, the may nots are like, there's contradictions in it. It's similar to like this, like, uh, so, so, so that's what I mean. Like, like it's, it's hard. It's like, you can, you can reconcile it, but it's just a little backwards, you know? Yeah. I so mean, I mean. Like, it's, it's just hard to have one definitive timeline. Is that, yeah. that's, that's what I'm saying. 
Yeah. That's uh, why I'd also enjoy if they literally just did like also collected editions where it's just like pure publishing order. Like it's just like this is the order they came out. Mm. Go nuts. I think that would be super yeah. fun too. I mean that that's kind of already what the compendium is though. Is, is I mean like that... everything though, where they're just like everything. literally everything. Like, this issue happened one week and then next week was this. Even if they don't fit together, it's just like to hell with it. This is yeah. a timeline of TMNT. I think that would be a neat experience as well. I mean, but that that's what the compendium is. Or except for the, the Tales issues. The Tales issues they they put in chronological order. But that's what bugs me about as well. They put the tales in the they put the tales of the Teenage Mutant Turtles issues in chronological order, but then they're printing just all the guest era in a straight order anyway. Uh, <laughs> it's a well, good way know, to read the original Ninja Turtles as you can. So I think we've talked about and uh, we've talked enough about what bugs us. Yeah, yeah, we can move on to I love being a turtle. <laughs> oh, I love being a turtle. Oh, uh, real quick, I hate that it's called Infinity. That's the last one. <laughs> yeah, oh, that really one. just took it's, me right out of it. It's just, like, it's, it's, for me, it's like a split because it's like right. just well, the was, best kind of. I was going to say, my, my first thing is I like that it was called Infinity. So it's oh. a nice bookend there, Keith. <laughs> that was a nice uh, segue. Yeah. <laughs> it, it, and it's, a, it's a goofy dad joke, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. Um, uh, I'll give to my I, kid I, when I, I mentioned it earlier, movie, but yeah. the art, uh, just, the art representing Leo being blind is just really good. Like it's yeah, just, really it's neat. just white silhouettes against an all black background, but it's like, cool. I, I imagine the, like how heavy that, like, could you imagine handling that piece of paper after Peter layers just like inked it all up? You know? I was going like, to say, like, I was going to say like, I remember like Peter Laird had said something about how like they were losing money on printing. Like, <laughs> This issue ha- single-handedly probably drained a lot of their budget. <laughs> yeah. Like these three issues cuz it's like holy crap like just soaked in black ink. Yeah. But yeah, it's such a cool way to show that he's blind, but also it just really shows the the strength of Jim Lawson's art with it. Yeah. Like what what makes his art so good and it's the fact that like despite even the fact that these characters are silhouettes Everything that's going on is very clear. Yeah, uh, like this is this is, I think, Jim Lawson's best art out of all the four out of the four issues that we've read. Did like, any of you ever get into like Sin City, by the way? Uh God, years ago. Yeah. A lot of similar stuff yeah. going on too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I like too just like the way you draw like birds flying in the background and stuff. And like even though you don't have like a sense of depth necessarily, you can still tell how deep things are. It's it's weird to describe, but Really yeah, good no, art, no, especially sure, the like, first yeah, one. Like, yeah. Architecture yeah. and stuff. Well, because like even when he's like, just there's even like body language in it. Like the scene where Leo is just standing on top of the tower after his whole imagining of of what might happen if he were to die. Um, and he's just standing there. You can feel I don't know just just the tension and just like the the weight on his shoulders as he's looking down. I don't know, like it. it you can feel like he's maybe considering jumping you know kind of thing like just the, yeah. the loneliness and, and isolation he feels which that, i guess that panel where he hits the ground like hurt <laughs> like you can you can see yeah. how much the pavement cracks and stuff was like oh well, he, like his, his and it's in black and white at that point too so you're yeah, like holy crap yeah uh yes i mean i mean and then also seeing like the dead and broken open leo was just like whoa 
Yeah, I was sure. Like I didn't. I wasn't expecting a dream sequence, but I was like, Me surely neither. he's not dead. Like, how are they getting out? Like, my heart was pounding. I'm like, how are they going to get out of this? Like, rasping yeah. shot. Like, I was like, he has to still be alive. Like, yeah. Like the mutagen's gonna like help wake him back up. Like, he yeah. I was something. doing the same in my head. I was like, what's yeah. he gonna do now that half his teeth are missing? Like, yeah. <laughs> well, and that's just just that whole that whole scenario that Leo goes through. Like, says so much about his character. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. him him standing on top of that tower and considering what would happen if he either, I mean, so he, he kind of slips in his vision. So maybe, you know, is reckless. He was being reckless, raising his swords above his head and not being ready to catch himself or, you know, actually committing suicide. Like um, him, him seeing and, and feeling responsible for his family, uh, you know, more than anything and worrying about them in that scenario, like says so much about his character. Yeah. Him feeling like it's all his responsibility and he's in charge and that he needs to be there uh, to keep anything bad from happening. On a different note, was I the only one who laughed when he fell off? Uh, Yeah, because you have no heart. To me, no, because it's just like it's such a jackass moment because he's like shouting on the thing and then he slips like whoop. And then he just goes. Yeah, like yeah. I laughed so hard at that. I mean, that's before you see him like once once he like falls on his sword and cracks his chest open. That's disturbing. But just like yeah. the fall and it's yeah. like where he's falling and there's like the crack where he hits on the building. It's just I don't know. To me, that struck me as so slapstick, and I just laughed. And laughed. it was kind it was of like, funny. He's for such a, a jackass. <laughs> it, it was kind of funny for a moment, but like that's kind of where I get the idea that he's thinking about what, what he's doing right now is super reckless. How reckless it is, and how how that might you know how he, it puts him at risk of dying, which puts yeah. his family at risk mm-hmm. uh, in that moment. You know, yeah, it's, it's very it's kind of unreal in a way to do. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So another part I love about this story, and I think it's at the start of issue two when Leo's meditating and he's like hearing his brothers. So there's no like color or like indication of who's talking, but just based on what they're saying, you can totally tell who's call who's talking. And like Jim Lawson's such a good writer. Like he doesn't get enough credit for, for stuff like that. Like it's so clear to me who's talking every time they say something. Yeah, no, it's very strong voices of the characters for, for everyone who's talking. Yeah, I was gonna say, of course, there's no color. All of these issues are in black and white. Exactly. God. Uh, another <laughs> another part I loved of this story, though, is uh, just the line of Master. Are you offering me drugs? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Before they before they take the tea and trip. I do like that Leo takes time in his vision to to get lucky with his wife. <laughs> like I mean, up, laying in I bed mean, together. There's anything nude. we've learned. It's that. Turtles take time. Right. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and it's like, you know, when is he going to get that opportunity again? You know? True. Uh, true. <laughs> I like that. Yeah. I like he just shrugs. He's like, all right, I guess I'm married. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, me, yeah. Uh, which, like, all of that was, all of that existed in his vision. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. He didn't like take the place of someone else. As far as we know, it was all in his head. It, it does like I don't know, like because for a while there, I thought he was taking the place of someone. Yeah, else. like I yeah. thought he. Yeah, like I thought he 
like the reason why nobody saw him as that because like because like physically he you know was this other guy yeah but then yeah like it just turned out that he was him just in this time period yeah and like i don't want to sound like like i'm doing another anchovy but it's like that was just so i didn't like that setting or that 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 setup for it for me i do like it though because once again like this thing where it doesn't tell you everything and we have this dream state stuff and we have this visual storytelling like it leaves a lot open to interpretation for you to be able to just think about it you know like we we're having a great discussion about it because of that you know like what everything means and stuff in these in these dreams and his visions as you you know think about it uh all these little details it is also very true to how like dreams work because like when you're having a dream it's just like oh i'm um, I'm Troy Aikman, and you don't like question it. It's just like I'm Troy Aikman. There's Mike. He's Michael Jordan, even though he looks just like Mike. And your brain's just like, no, nah, that's like your brain cast. I, that's how my dreams work, at least. So. I mean, I mean, fair. Yeah, good point. Yeah, no, I mean, it definitely is is dream logic for the the vision. If we, all go, if we all go to a Granite City Comic Con, I will probably drive because I've been having a lot of dreams about plane crashes lately. <laughs> kind of kind of gotten a little unsettling, like just wings I mean, you falling off closest, planes. So. That's true. It's only half the country for me. It's three quarters of the country for Cody and Take a train. Spencer. And Trains it's the whole cool. country for me. Yeah. Take a train? I could do that. Yeah. That would be fun. I've always wanted to take a train. Oh, trains are great. I just read something the other day that trains derail like all the time. Oh, God. You gotta live just, on the I'll edge. just walk. <laughs> Here, how about <laughs> I'll, just, I'll, I'll just walk to, yeah. to Massachusetts. I'll, start <laughs> I'll bring you back to your comfort zone in a place of happiness. Can we remark how I, I don't know how to put this, edit it if you must, but you know, when you're drawing a comic and you're like you're drawing a detailed horse and you get to the point where it's like I gotta draw the horse's butthole. <laughs> You know, <laughs> we got to make Damn a note. I need to ask Jim Lawson about that. Like, I mean, there's a lot of stuff that Jim draws that, you know, what are is just funny. Cause like back when we were covering uh volume, was a volume, was a volume one or two where Splinter was stuck in the silo. That was volume one. That was, it was, volume it was city of war. war. Right. Yeah. Um, and then Jim drew like splinters, very detailed feet. Yes. Very detailed uh, human feet. Yeah. Very detailed human feet. Uh and so in the silhouettes, there's a there's a shot of like Leo looking at Splinter and it's like he's got very detailed feet, even though they're in silhouette. Like you can make out his feet. <laughs> it is and interesting. It's just, it's just so funny like, and jarring. It is interesting where he like puts in a lot of detail and where he doesn't. Because there there will be like like back in Bad Moon Rising when there's that whole thing where the owl's flying, right? And the owl is like super realistic, like very detailed, very... It had a butthole. It had a butthole (laughs) even. Uh, Cody, I was going to give you such props for having so much restraint for not mentioning that horse butthole. I mean, you got... It's like, is he drawing it? And he's like, I can't not put it because it looks weird. Is he hoping to draw to that moment? He's like, is that... Oh, he's like, this is why I'm drawing the horse. I want to get to that point. yeah, he started with the X and, and worked from there <laughs> outwards. Yeah. It's <laughs> like the focal point. <laughs> I don't know. Does, does anyone else have anything uh, else to say about these issues? Um, 
like I said, for me, me the biggest overall, like the biggest thing that definitely is the the standout is just Jim Lawson's art and, and yeah. storytelling. Uh, like especially together. when he goes to Japan, like I really like Leo's samurai armor. I almost want, like, I almost want a figure of that Leo. Yeah, I also want like a, just so a, a pure black and white, like the pure white figure. It'd, yeah, it'd be silly, but yeah, yeah. I I would love more toys based on on this artwork all around. This was uh, to me by far the strongest of the the four miniseries we read. I really enjoyed mm-hmm. this. Yeah, for the problems I had with it, it's still the best one uh, out of the four that we read. Uh, so I, I would I would do this, uh, this third kind, Brain Thief, and then very far back, Bad Moon Rising. Mm, yeah, I'd agree with that, though. I think Brain Thief is also kind of incredible. It's almost, it's almost number one for me because it's just so it like employs a lot of the whole like silence and all that stuff in yeah. like a really magical coherent way. Yeah, I would do what Leo, Don, Mike, Raph, probably. Probably poor Raph. Yeah, poor Raph. Really Leo and Don way up front and Mike and Raph much farther back. I thought those two were way better than the other two. Huh. For for me Mike's pretty high up there. It's like for me it's real tight competition between these top three. I think Leo is the best one. Mm. But but yeah Raph's is Probably the the last one. <laughs> well, I think Which we sucked because yeah. it, it started off so good and it ended so poorly. <laughs> yeah, 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 it's yeah. divorce court. It's the divorce court ending. It's like, okay. <laughs> that's yeah. the only one that Jim Lawson didn't write, right? Yeah, yeah. So mm-hmm. I don't know. Do that as you will. Uh, I mean, it's, they started this one had it written by Jim Lawson. The second one was written by someone else, and then from then on, they were all written by Jim Lawson. So yeah. Uh, so. Is that take, take from that <laughs> as you will? Uh, but yeah, so I guess that's it. Take us into the news, Keith. April O'Neil, Channel Nine News, uh, Channel Six News. Uh, Spencer, comic book news. All righty. So the day after this podcast comes out. The 20th of December, TMNT 146 will be out. Uh, another little information that I, I, piece of information that I learned. This app, I'm pretty sure has been out for a while now. It's called Omnibus. Uh, it's like a digital reader. You can purchase comics individually there. Uh, it has IDW on it. So if you were looking for a different digital reader, that one's available. Uh, I was trying to access it on my phone to learn more about it. Apparently it doesn't work on phones. You can't download it on phones. I think it's strictly for tablets and, I don't know, maybe your computer. So, I don't know. If you were looking for an alternative to Amazon, uh, that's something to maybe look into. Yeah, which is a bummer because, like, Comixology has officially transitioned over to being Kindle now, so... Yeah. Honestly, I think the transition has been fine. I think it works, like... Well, I mean, because they already turned Comixology into Kindle, but... Yeah, if anything, uh, I think it's, like, a pure improvement because now you can, like... It's just, it's how it should have been whenever. Comixology still opens on my iPad, but not on my phone anymore. Yeah, the phone, it stops it. Yeah. The thing is, is Comixology, from what it used to be, I was never on it on what it used to be, but apparently it's pretty much been dead ever since Amazon bought it in the first place. There used to be a bigger selection. Uh, Well, yeah, I mean, you used to be able to buy comics in the app, which was huge. 
Yeah. yeah. It was much more convenient. Though I think, I mean, now that you're in the Kindle, it's, you're you're buying it. But the thing is, for Turtles comics, Comixology makes so much sense because you have so much comics on it for the subscription. It's... Yeah. Yeah. Uh, speaking of comic book news, Sophie did uh, another interview with uh, her favorite website, Screen Rant. Uh, so... Go check that out. I haven't gotten a chance to read it yet, but it talks into some of the design choices that she uh, did during her 50 issue run as she leads up to uh, the road to 150. So. I hope that something is like like her, her design for Armagon looks super cool. Don't get me wrong. Super cool. But that original look with like a shark with arms and legs and, and like some like robotic stuff coming out of him is pretty iconic and is pretty classic. Is he just like another mutant villain with cybernetics? And isn't that oh. original even in the Turtles Adventure series? Yes. But I, I love the design and I hope that one day that look can return. <laughs> I mean, like I'm okay with I'm okay with it, you know, with him being this eldritch horror. Like that's that's just neat. It is. It is. Are, no, are it is. you all caught up to the issues? No, I still need to read the mm-hmm. the most recent one. I, I wait. I'm a month behind. Uh, other bit of comic book news: source book number one. Uh, so there is going to be an IDW series source book for Ninja Turtles. So that's going to pretty much be like a book that gives you lore and history of characters probably little bios and things like that for all the different characters in the series they're releasing it issue by issue for now apparently uh so it'll be in segments but issue number one of that will be out in february 21st i'll let you know about it again the week before which uh, yeah a lot of people i mean because we we got some questions about it uh of people not knowing really what a source book is so it's like kind of like the the visual dictionaries that come out for star Wars movies where that has like a lot of the, the information about like things, you know, in that movie and in, in the universe, uh, this is going to be basically that for the IDW series, which is really cool. And something that would really go a long way to explaining a lot of what goes on in this world. Like Mirage really could have used one. Like we were talking about earlier. Uh, they, they did have one starting on one. Yeah, just can't get through it. Yeah, if you've ever seen like the the book full of all that AC art, AC Farley art of different characters, it especially has a ton of adventures characters. Oh, I thought it. that was a sort. Oh, that's, I thought that was like a specific. To, that's specific to the Archie universe, though. Oh, okay. yeah, ones, yeah. There were so, there were plans. There, uh, Tristan Jones, I think, had started writing a Mirage Swords book, but then they got sold to uh, Nickelodeon. Or yeah, it's like icon, Marvel, yeah. even you know the the big Marvel encyclopedia, like they update mm-hmm. that like pretty much every year. Yeah. So, so it's basically that, which I'm super excited for. I love a good source book, so and that's right yeah, around my I'm birthday. A... So happy birthday to me! Woo, nice. Uh, yeah. I'm definitely picking it up. No, oh, yeah, yeah, and and so the the biggest thing, I mean, maybe that means that they plan on just continuing the IDW comic, and the source book is now something that if they refer to an old character. You can pull out your source book and be like, okay, so what's yeah, going on? I mean, here? like, I don't think, yeah, like, I don't think they're going to reboot. So, yeah, we'll have to see what they do. Yeah, I think I, at I most it would be like a, a soft reboot. I well, mean, I mean that's, that's kind of, that's kind of what 
100 or 101 was. That's why it's like rebranded as Turtles Reborn. Yeah, whenever you whenever a new writer takes over any sort of like ongoing comic book, you kind of end up with a soft reboot. Yeah, but I mean like the IDW has still been like pretty pretty current where it's like they don't like rehash yeah, same like like a new kind of origin or anything like that. So like it's been a pretty good through line. Yeah, no, and I I do like that. Um, I mean, who knows? Maybe they will, you know, get all timeliney and and do some things to kind of undo things or something. We we don't know yet. Um, yeah, like I, it's going to be real interesting to see what they do here. Um, yeah. you know, because we don't, we still don't know what the plan is for post 150. We don't know the creative team. We don't know anything. So, uh, yeah. Exciting times in the source book. Uh, I wonder if the source book will include post 150 stuff. So, uh, but yeah, February next year for that. Uh, and then the big news for tonight, the Fortnite collab that we talked about last week, the turtles, uh, officially dropped tonight on the 14th. So, uh, head on over to Fortnite wherever you play that. Uh, in the Fortnite shop, uh, the turtles are the uh, turtles and April are uh, one thousand eight hundred V bucks each, which is about fifteen dollars. Uh, converted over to uh, U.S. dollars. Uh, there is a bundle for the four turtles that is thirty six hundred V bucks, which is about twenty. Isn't or $25. $3,400? Uh, the picture I'm looking at says 36 um, Maybe I'll have to bust out Fortnite, you know, since that time. I I, I it didn't download hour. it before this. I was relying on screenshots that other people have provided, so... I'll buy uh, the Turtles, go to the concert, play Buddy Holly as Michelangelo. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, this does include uh, emotes for the turtles, uh, instruments for Fortnite Festival, which is a new, a new game mode. Um, you know, their back bling is their weapons. Um, and there's a shell back bling that does not work for the turtles, but April can wear that. And the shell is cool because you can customize the shell with different stickers and uh, stuff like that. That seemed pretty cool. That is pretty rad. I don't know it's if this is enough to make me download Fortnite, though. Like, I didn't do it for this. But. Oh, I'm I'm not gonna download Fortnite again. <laughs> I mean, I, like, because I was all I was super excited for the Street Fighter collab, and then wound up not doing it because you know it was you know eighty dollars for everything. Cheap. Yeah, you know this is I mean, and this is a much cheaper thing if you buy the bundle and April. It's I think we did the math earlier and it was about forty bucks. So it's you know it's half the price for more stuff, and oh, you're actually like what you pay for like a whole game just to have. Oh some right, skin. I mean, granted, you're not paying no, for, for Fortnite because that's game. a free game. Yeah, but like, Fortnite is a free game. But for some skins, you are paying like the price of a game. That's just insane to me. I mean, it yeah, blows like my mind how much I don't know. All you fools who buy all this DLC and content, you know, ruining it for everyone. You know, Fortnite yeah. is the biggest game in the world. Oh, I'm, I'm not know? saying Fortnite in general. I'm saying anyone who buys DLC content. <laughs> <laughs> You're ruining it for everyone by being willing to spend so much money to have aesthetic things. 
I mean, I somewhere. do it in Overwatch because I enjoy, you know, looking cute in my game. So I, I got the K-pop it. skins. So yeah, yeah. So the bundle is thirty four hundred for the turtles, and each turtle is sixteen hundred by themselves. So why does my why does my picture say thirty six hundred? Then Cody? I don't know. I have I have the game open now. Um, April is eighteen hundred. Um. Yeah, it it also says I don't know if the price will go up at some point because it says like the turtle bundle is three thousand bucks off, where normally it's sixty four hundred. So I don't know if there's like after a time they'll jack it up or what. But yeah, it's a, it's a roughly like $40. That's the one thing I hate. Like, just give me like an actual real human price. <laughs> Stop obfuscating it. Like, well, if I don't you mean, that's, that that's Cody they... Nichols, that's actually 10 Mike dollars, which converts to seven Spencer dollars. It's like, okay, would... like just here's a 20. Like, I would never buy Cody Nichols. They're, they, they don't depreciate in value. They might have really <laughs> held their value. Keith <laughs> Bucks. Yeah. Keith Bucks are. <laughs> Right. You know, that's the new Eat crypto. The <laughs> you could you could run a stable economy on my currency. Trust me. Trust yeah, me. yeah. Mike Coin. That's the that's the future proof one. Mike Coin. Hey, if you create it, man, I'll, I'll buy some. Sweet. Uh, yeah. So that collab is going on right now. Uh, I don't know how long these collabs go for. I mean, like, like you, once you they're gone, thing, they're gone. Forever, right. right? Well, I mean, once you once you buy it, it's yours. But you know, until the game shuts down. But I don't know how long you have to buy it. I didn't see a definitive end date. Like we knew, we knew with the Street Fighter one, it was ending on on September 29th. So, like, does this go? Does because this didn't launch with season five for Fortnite? So, you know, how long does this go on for? Yeah, it also comes, mind you, it comes with the Lego team and T. Yeah, like this is a big bundle. Like, you know, for if you're into the digital skins and stuff, this is a fantastic deal. Which, from what I've heard from other, uh, from Chatter Online, like, you know, Fortnite skins are pretty economical compared to what you get with other, like, games. Like, you know, uh, like skins in Overwatch are about the same price with less stuff. Yeah. And also for my friends on the podcast, it's possible to gift to your friends. So mm. if you ever like, you know, Cody needs this whole bundle. <laughs> anyway, man, Fortnite. I can't wait till someone makes a documentary about Fortnite one day because I find it absolutely fascinating as a concept. Because like it started out as like a totally different game, and then these people were just like PUBG super popular. Let's just repurpose our game as a battle royale to like advertise like and make it free to advertise for like the main game mode and then people fell in love with the part that was pretty much just made to like promote their main game mode and and now you can be peter griffith singing buddy holly on a stage and jump in a car to drive all the way to a shell gas station and fuel up for something i it's 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 insane like Fortnite as a concept, how it's grown, what it's become and grown into is is absolutely insane. It's Here's my million dollar idea: five Fortnites at Freddy's. Five Fortnites at Freddy's. There we go. Oh God! All of our younger I'm listeners. I'm not going to describe what it is, but you can you can picture it in your head if you think about it. All you of our younger listeners dollars. right now are just like, ugh, these old these old men. Gibbity five Fortnites at Freddy's. 
I'm not I'm not even gonna I'm not even gonna try. Uh all right, that's good. that's our show, guys. Thank you for listening. All right, guys, thanks for listening. <laughs> what are we doing next week? <laughs> yeah, what Spencer, what are we doing next week? So next week we're gonna have our celebratory Christmas episode. And to try and avoid uh doing the same thing every year, but also not jumping too much into things we haven't covered yet. We're, uh, you know, we're digging around and we will f- either a Christmas story or some Christmas stories will be coming your way next week. So surprise you all. <laughs> That's one way to say it. Uh, thank you guys so much for listening to uh, this episode. Uh, thank you to all our new listeners. Uh, thank you to everybody who comes back every week because we really do appreciate you guys. Um, listening to us ramble about the Ninja Turtles, like I say it, we say it every week, but we really do appreciate it. Uh, so let us know someone on the internet what you think of the show, uh, Ninja Turtle Power Hour and Ninja Turtle PH on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, Blue Sky, and TikTok. So that's our show this week. Thank you again so much for listening, and until next time, Cowabunga dudes, certified, certified, booyah, kasha, hot soup. <laughs>
I mean, it's it's installed on my Switch. I I mean, the the game I play the most is Overwatch, like, and that's got a ton of ton of issues. But yeah, I I don't know. Lately, I, like I said, like, like I was talking about last week, I beat Metroid Dread again on hard mode. I guess I did. I hadn't beaten it then. I beat oh. it now. Uh, did you, you did you see my story? I did. Yeah. Uh, that, dude, that figure, figure cool. is so good. Yeah, no, it's super cool. And I saw, I don't think it was one of your pictures. I saw someone else's where they have like a magnet for her that she like looks yeah. like clings on to. Yeah, is, it's, it's a it's a magnet cool. plate. And then it's it's got um, her left hand and a foot on it. And mm-hmm. so you and so you just unplug those on the figure and you plug it into the plate and then you can put it on. Uh, uh, yeah. I haven't messed with it. I, I was just do it like I took that out, did that real quick. And then I had to go go back to work. Um. But that's the zero suit Samus head I put on it. Uh, okay. And so it it doesn't fit right because the zero suit Samus is like a, a thin peg. Mm-hmm. And this is a ball joint. So it doesn't like it doesn't nest in there. So it's like I'm it's balancing on the next sleeve that goes up into the helmet. Mm-hmm. Um, But yeah, it easily like this was already on my top 10. It's in the top three now. Like it's so good. Yeah, it's it's a really cool looking figure, you know. It, you know, it's one of those figures that I see it, and I'm like, maybe, maybe I do want to buy action figures. Uh, if you want, right. if you want to, uh, the place to get it, if you if you don't mind waiting, uh, is you would I would say get it directly from Good Smile Company. It's a very um, expensive figure, though, right? It is eighty. It's eighty two dollars. Sometimes they have sales, like a decent. Mm. Sale. Sometimes they have um, sales, but it has to be in stock for it to be on on sale. Yeah. yeah. And like with with Nintendo stuff, like eh, it's kind of kind of iffy if you want to play that game, mm. uh, especially especially Samus, uh, because like the other Samus is like the other M and Metroid Prime versions. Mm-hmm. Those ones sold out a lot, too. I mean, with how well Metroid Dread did as a Nintendo game, I'm really hoping that they're like going full steam ahead on Metroid Prime 4 or at least releasing the other two metroid primes on the switch yeah that would be nice play those and then who knows maybe maybe we'll end up with a metroid movie you know it could be pretty cool like i have the i have the trilogy on on wii i wish um, i was but the uh but i don't have i don't have a wii hooked up right now yeah Um, i wish i was that cool i I have the first one for my switch because they they remastered and re-released that one yeah I want him to do it for the other two so bad and, and play through those. Uh, I don't know. I still need to play fusion and also Samus returns. Yeah. Didn't we talk about this last week? Oh, uh, we talked a little bit about Metroid. Yeah. yeah I didn't really like get this. Deep yeah. Into, like, mostly just dread. Yeah. Oh yeah. Cause my figure came in last week. <laughs> That's why dread just not- dread dread perfected the 2d Metroid. I don't know. There's people that disagree because they feel like it's too streamlined and not like, um, exploratory enough, you know, everything feels too linear to them. Mm. But I don't know what it adds with those Emmy rooms. Uh, like when you fight the Emmy and have to go up against the Emmy, like it's it creates a whole lot of suspense. That's really fun. I just I I just love the design of the dread suit. Like it's so good. Like just the I I don't even mind that it's not the golden red anymore. Like the red, mm-hmm. white, and blue is just so good, and there's like that neon green. I mean, the the red, white, and 
blue is just what like like all the like all the games you know when you unlock other suits that give you other abilities it, it changes mm. the color scheme oh but, you can oh so she gets different suits in the game yeah yeah oh. so i mean that blue red and white one is what you start with after she's like spoiler alert god lost all of her her <laughs> powers well it's it's a metroid game it starts off with i know her losing all of her powers and then you i don't go care for the, the fusion suit yeah the fusion suit's kind of just okay like it, it's too like venom, you know, like symbiote. Like I get it, but it, it's not for me. I mean, story wise, uh, it makes sense. But yeah, no, story wise, it makes sense. I just, it's just my least favorite one. Um, uh, you know what? I should get a blob figure. They're kind of they, the prices have been rising lately, and it's been harder to get. Uh, it, but like you used to, there was a golden window the price of rise figures is rising <laughs> uh, um, jesus jones 61 dollars on ebay yeah wow. there was a time like they were they like a lot of them were up at like ollie's and people were getting them for like a few yeah. bucks a pop well because i remember because i was after the rise donnie figure with the spider backpack because the basic one was just his normal one with like a clear sheldon yeah. And then the spider one was like low release quantity in America. But then like the one I got was from Canada, I think. Um, and I paid, I think I paid like 30, 40 bucks for it. Um, and then right after I bought it, uh, they start, people started finding them on at Ollie's. And so they were like 10 bucks. Yeah, that's, that's and then like point. right and then but they sold out like immediately. Yeah. I wish I would have bought some. I would have totally sold mine to to some <laughs> like rabbit rice fans that wants the want the figures. Dang, they're they're treasure Spencer. I have a hypnopotamus on the way from like Europe. Strangely, there's a lot of stock in like Europe, which is weird. It's been shipping forever. Hypnopotamus oh. is such a good just name for a villain. I love oh, it. Oh, all right. of them. Meat, meat sweats. Yeah. Bullhop. Um, I'm forever sad we didn't get to go deeper into that lore and expand upon that because they were really they were cracking. Pour one out for Rise, folks. I did get the um the comic, the complete comic. Yeah, I it went to up get on. That. It went up on a target and so I got their buy two, get one free uh, for books. So I got um, last run at lost years, uh, the Alliance and the rise comic. Very nice. I just ordered and because it's a target. Hobbs. They're already at like 30% off with a red card. Do you have your red card connected to like a debit card? No, I use the credit card. Oh, cause I didn't realize that you could do that. Like you could just like have it draw from your bank account. Uh, you can, I think, but the, but the problem was, is I didn't want it tying up funds with pre-orders. Yeah, that's true. And so I'd rather, I'd rather let pre-orders sit on the tar on the target card. Yeah, it's not, that's, that's a, that's a good idea. That's like that's target, one target pre-orders don't drop pre off. That's the problem. Yeah. It was like Best Buy we used to be the same. I remember back yeah. in the day I ordered like a, I pre-ordered the Wii U. Mm -hmm. Which was like, you know, whatever, 200, 250, whatever it was from Best Buy. 
Except what they did is so they would like do like the pre-auth that would charge onto your card and then drop off after a few days. Yeah. But they would do that like every week or every other week. And so like I constantly had to make sure I had like always enough. And the thing is, like, if it ever, like, if they ever couldn't get the funds, they would just cancel your order. <laughs> so I was like, mm. I was like held hostage for like a few months and I vowed solemnly never again. Freaking target. Anybody out? Anybody got the 2003 figures? Uh, no. I, I haven't looked for them yet. I'm pretty much am not allowed to buy anything until after Christmas when it comes to anything. I'm pretty <laughs> sure no one's bought them for me, but I'm still waiting till after Christmas to uh, to buy such things. Uh, Christmas as an adult is so <laughs> Yeah. Well, it's one of those things where, like, I don't know, I, I want to let people be able to, like, surprise me at least a little bit. So I just throw a whole ton of things out there into the void around people. And then, you know, so I, I really don't know what I'm getting until after <laughs> until after Christmas. And then it's like, okay, looking at my list of things that I still haven't gotten, I can, uh, you know, maybe, you know, if I get some gift cards, I can use it on that or I can <laughs> purchase it myself later, whatever. Anyway, should we uh, get recording? I guess so. Yeah. It is eight o'clock. Rather, rather not record at all. Okay. <laughs> It's your last one for the year. Oh, God, you're right. All righty. I can't believe 2023 is already almost over. I know. Welcome to the Ninja Turtle Power Hour. <laughs> I'm sorry. Nope, there's keep it. Keep it. There's something, there's something funny <laughs> about that. He's Spencer, dude. <laughs> not going to make any sense to listeners. I'm not going to keep that. 